you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well in serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, just uh, just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning us in. Thank you for allowing this broadcast to come across your airwaves. Thank you for those who send money to help pay uh, for the editing and the studio work that's done on this. And every once in a while, you don't notice it. It's kind of seamless. Yesterday was one of those days where uh, Kevin and I talked to each other from afar, and uh, we lost Kevin for a little while yesterday. So if it seemed like I talked a little while yesterday... And then you hear, you'll know why. We'll let you in on the little secret. But thank you for all of them who's doing it. But uh, he just, every once in a while, things get disconnected. So, Brother Kevin, there you are in North Carolina, seeing rain like you did in California. I mean, you're working your way with rain across the country, brother. (laughs) I am. That's that's true. I didn't think about that. I am carrying the rain with me. Yeah, I was out west, and when we got El El Nino or something, uh, but yeah, I'm in, I'm in the Raleigh Durham area. I am with family. I'm in, and it's just, it's awesome. I'd like to see a little bit less rain, but I got to believe the, uh, ark is going to come to rest on a mountaintop somewhere. So we'll, we'll keep waiting for the dove. Yeah. That's all you can do, brother. And you know, there is an ark. I remember I, it was raining really bad. I was coming out of Hagerstown, Maryland, heading toward West Virginia and on the right-hand side, back in the day, it never got done. There was a guy building an ark there, brother, and uh, right there. But now you can go to the I ark. I remember that. Do you remember <laughs> seeing that? Yeah. He, I do, yeah. He never got the money he needed. Uh, but our friends did out there at Answers in Genesis, and uh, they've got quite an ark. I, I, I recommend the ark encounter. Have you been there, Kevin? I have, yeah. The museum a couple times and the ark once. Yeah, I really want to go back. We ought to take a trip or a group or something there that would be pretty awesome man it's great when you go into god's rainbow there remember god's rainbow is seven colors the devil's rainbow is six even though they've added black now when i was out in salt lake city uh, a week and a half ago they've added black as a seventh color which uh, i think represents satan but uh, god's rainbow has seven god makes the rainbow and uh, God's rainbow in the sky is infinite colors. But here we are. We find ourselves talking about the life of Christ. And I am excited about this. And, and, and folks, I need the life of Christ in my life. I need my messed up life, my goofy life, my sinning life, my fall short life, my uh, wish I was better life, my PTSD mm-hmm. head life. I need to mix that with the life of Christ and, and seek his help as we go through this. So we're starting in verse number nine. It says, remember that he goes to Nicodemus and talks to him that he must be born again. He must accept God. And, and, and it says here, Nicodemus went to visit. We remember Nicodemus went to visit him at night. This conversation is still ongoing. He snuck over at night. This religious leader, this guy who's supposed to know everything, this guy who's supposed to have all the answers. In my mind, this Bible college professor, this 
this rabbi, this Jewish leader. I mean, he has to be as clean as you can be, as kosher as you can be. And then in verse 9, it says, Nicodemus answered and saith unto him, said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou the master of Israel and knowest not these things? Aren't you the leader in charge? Aren't you the one who grew up in the temple? Aren't you the one that people are following? How can you not know these things? And in verse 11, it says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If we have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And he's been, he's slapping Nicodemus around here. He's saying, man, you're the leader. You're supposed to know all these things. We're telling you earthly things about the Passover. Your temple's all messed up. I had to flip over tables and we're telling you that Christ is coming. You didn't even believe any of that. How in the world can you believe heavenly things? And again, he's slapping Nicodemus around. And I'd like to sit here and think I've never been slapped around. I need slapping around by God. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I need that. And no man have ascended up to heaven, but he that cometh down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the God of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's, he's coming here and he's saying, listen, you don't have to die. You can have everlasting life. And then that wonderful verse and that we know so well. And uh, I'm just so thankful I serve a God that came down from heaven for me. For God so loved the world in verse 16 that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world there in verse 17, but that the world through him might be saved. There's a lot of questions being answered here as Kevin and I go over it over the next few minutes. There's a lot of things that are being said and being answered that we really, we really want to hear from. And, uh, you know, Nicodemus is saying, what in the world? How can all these things be? And God's saying, listen, you're the teacher. Have you been reading your Bible? This is called for, called for throughout Scripture over 300 times what's happening is supposed to be happening. And he, he says, as Moses lifted up a servant in the wilderness, uh, this is a pretty remarkable thing. It's a picture mm -hmm. of the Messiah, you know? Even so, you got to lift up me, the son of man. You got to lift me up, God. You got to lift up those things. And, and, and Kevin, then we get to those wonderful verses that I'm here so you can be saved. And uh, that beautiful thing in John three sixteen for God so loved the world. And uh, Kevin, putting that together, I'm glad that God loved me and loved the world. Yes. You know, here in this great, <clears throat> this passage of John 3, we get to the cross. Jesus had told Nicodemus, <clears throat> excuse me, had told him that um, there was this need to be born again. And he separated the spirit and the, and the flesh pretty good. And then, down in verse um, number, uh, the son of, uh, verse number fourteen, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So, in this whole context of what it takes to enter the kingdom of God, you know, and, and remember, first of all, Jesus twice used being born again in, in reference to entrance to the kingdom of God. The first time he said, "Cannot see the kingdom of God." without being born again, then he said, cannot enter in verse five, the kingdom of God. And, you know, both of them <clears throat> are true and they're different, but they're true. You know, you, you can't even see it. 
can't even understand it. And so he's trying to help him understand. And um, he races here to verse number 14. And he talks about the suffering Messiah that will be lifted up on a cross. And again, just like you said, Doug, in the Old Testament, Moses, there was a bunch of serpents had bitten uh, the the uh, Israelites. And God told Moses, all right, here's going to be the cure. To take and make a brass serpent, a brazen serpent, a bronze serpent, uh, you know, attach it to a pole and lift it up. And and right there, that tells us, you know, that Jesus Christ would become sin because the serpent was the seed of sin. And the serpent, Satan, will be defeated. But, you know, the, the brass serpent was not alive. It was just lifted up. And Jesus became sin. He did not become Satan. But just like sin resides in Satan, sin, you know, reside, sin resided in and during those hours on the cross, those three hours when, when the world was covered with darkness and the father turned his face away during that, that time, the chosen one, the lamb of God, Jesus Christ became sin. It says for us, he who knew no sin, second Corinthians five twenty one. he who knew no sin, if I got the verse right, uh, became sin for us. Um, and, and he who knew no sin. So, uh, we who knew sin, our Savior is here presented as as being typified by the Mo, by by Moses and that that weird situation where salvation, the healing of poison that was in their veins, was accomplished by looking at the Amen. the lifted up serpent. And you know the scriptures also in the Old Testament point to faith as being a look, you know, for uh, Isaiah 65 verse one says, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. And uh, it says in Isaiah, I think, I think it's 55. I don't have that verse in front of me, but it says, um, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there's none else. C.H. Uh, Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, Baptist preacher there in England of the 18, late 1800s. He, as a boy, trusted Christ, was born again, was changed by going as a confused young man, confused like Nicodemus, what it was to be saved, and heard a Sunday school teacher, someone like that, basically, and I know I'm running out of time, but basically saying, you don't. You you don't you may not be able to be a deacon. You not, may not be able to be a good guy, but you can behold, behold, look, look unto me. Everyone can be saved by looking at the Lamb of God, the the one lifted up for us. Hey, folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us, and let's let the stations do what they have to do. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So I was in a church a couple weeks ago in Denver, Colorado, and here's the great kid joke of the day. Why did the scarecrow win an award at church? 
because his, he was outstanding in his field. So anyway, folks, I thought I'd, I, I write these down once in a while, and I came across this when I was uh, uh, earnestly listening to what Kevin was saying. I was, and very good. Understanding that, you know, when we look at John 3.16, there's a few things going on here, folks, that's so important. You know, we as people with PTSD are constantly searching for someone to love us. We as Mm -hmm. people who go through the junk in life, who are depressed, who maybe our marriages didn't work out, maybe our relationships work out, maybe our parents don't like us. It's always about love. You know what I find in John 3.16? It's about God's love. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a verse that starts with a declaration of God's love, not only for me. I mean, folks, I can't be selfish here. It's for the entire world. And that love, the magnitude of it is he gave his son. He gifted his son. Now, I don't know about you. Now, I'm a father of two sons. I know that Kevin is a father of seven children. And uh, just the idea of gifting a child. And uh, that is going to go through this terrible thing is unbelievable. But that's a picture of God's love. And folks, that's a gift. And and that verse in John 3.16, again, talks about how belief is important in eternal life. It emphasizes, you know, uh, that we can experience these benefits. uh, But to experience them, there's got to be a belief in Jesus Christ. And there's a promise there of salvation. And I think, folks, you know, as we talk about John 3.16, we got to mention to you, there's just a few things that we have to get right to know we're saved, right? So the Bible, the first thing the Bible teaches all of us is that we're sinners. The the Bible says over in Romans 3, in a couple places, in 3.10, it says there are none righteous, no, not, as it is written, there are none righteous, no, not one. And and uh, over in 3.23, the same book, the book of Romans, talking about sin, it says we all fall short of the glory of God. So God points out right away, we have a sin problem. You know, it's never been about skin, race. It's never been about country we live in. It's never been about family. It's never been about people who messed us up. It's a sin problem. We as an individual have a sin problem. We as a a nation have a sin problem. So number one, if we're going to get saved, you got to realize you're a sinner. Number two, you got to realize there's a price on sin. In Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. It's saying, so that's part of that verse. It's saying, so because sin has entered into this world, we're all going to die. Because of sin, everybody's going to die. You know, when I open the Sunday paper, from time to time when I'm in a city, I'll, uh, they'll be passing out newspapers, and I, it's always filled with people. So number one, you're a sinner. Number two, that sin, those newspapers are filled because of sin with people who are dying. We die because of sin. Great news. The Bible tells us that you're a sinner. There's a price on sin. Terrible news. Great news. Jesus paid that price. Over in the book of Romans in chapter 5, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, that means before any of us were born, Christ died for us. Can I tell you something, folks? You are a sinner. There is a price on sin, but Jesus covered that up. But there, you need to do something. You just can't know those three things. I live my life knowing those three things, and I was destined to split hell wide open because the Bible's pretty clear in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that we have to speak it with our mouth while believing in our heart. We have to pray while believing in our heart that Christ alone can save us, that Christ alone can take our sins. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Then it goes on with an explanation process there in verse 10. It says, for with the heart man believeth unto 
righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And that's all it takes. And Kevin will tell you that it's only those four things. You, you don't have to do anything. It's not about works. It's not about family. It's not about, uh, you know, uh, that I'm a Jewish leader in this particular case. It's about God. The Bible even says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the Bible's clear that if we call on God, he'll save us, Kevin. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just all, all those verses bring bring it all down to a to just one simple, you know, the the the, the plan of salvation, the, the 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 story of the ages is that God um wants to help man out of his worst problem. And John 3:16 um is and that's we read. Was that part of our verses today? I just want to make sure before. I yeah, comment we we that. we went from nine to seventeen today, brother. I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm slow on the uptake. I had a rough night, so yeah, a little sickness going on during night. So, uh, but yeah, verse verse sixteen. You know the greatest. Uh, you know this is a, this is a verse f- full of the plan of salvation. You've got um, uh, the greatest affection God so love God love. Then you've got the the greatest. Um, and I have these mentally written down. I, I, I come up with a, uh, a little outline, and I can't remember. <laughs> it was all A's. But, uh, you know, God's the greatest <clears throat> lover, the one with the greatest affection. The Son is the greatest atonement. And that's <clears throat> essential to understand why he gave his only begotten Son. The gospel, according to 1 Corinthians 15, is, uh, moreover, brother, I presented uh, you the gospel, but which also you're saved if you if you believe uh, and then it says how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried and raised again the third day. That's contained in first in, in John 3, 16. God gave his only begotten son. And why? And you explained it so well. Um, the greatest action is whosoever believeth in him. So he's not asking for push-ups. He's not asking for money. He's not asking for anything other than the thing that we can do. And yea, he helps us to do. And that's to believe. And the fact is, the the traumas of living in a sinful world lend itself to us wanting to believe in an answer. And you had mentioned that too, Doug, and, and God uses our traumas to bring us to the point of faith. And it's the greatest action in the world. The greatest avoidance is that should not perish so if, if you're writing this outline down, <laughs> I just wrote it in my mind as you were talking, the greatest avoidance, perishing. Just, just think about it. it. should not perish. That's not talking about annihilation. That's talking about a loss. You know, the word is talking about ruination. There's no greater ruination than to go into eternity without God because you'll get what you want. You, you'll go to where there's no God. You'll go to where there, there's nothing but torment. There's nothing good. Bible says it's a place of darkness without uh, without form. And so, no, without order, excuse me, it's in the book of Job, without uh, a place of darkness, without without where there's no order. You know, God is a God of order, and the rejection of God's order is to choose total chaos forever in a lake in a lake of fire and the fire is so hot it's it's somehow darkness and they say the hottest fire is a dark fire and uh you see that in the movies nowadays dark dark rooms with hot hot fire and then uh, everlasting life and that's that's the greatest ex- uh acceptance 
you, what you're getting out of the whole thing, you walk away with everlasting life, something that doesn't quit. And life is the essence of Jesus. And life, we don't we don't understand everything good about life. He that will love life and see good days, let us refrain, let him refrain his tongue from evil's lips that he speak no guile. Basically, live like Jesus. You have you you know that's experiencing the life of Jesus, and it takes the Holy Spirit to do that. But man, what a what a deal! What a deal, Doug! Hey, that we walk out of this thing on the on the good side. The lions have fallen under me in, in pleasant places. Yeah, it's absolutely great. And that final verse there in 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, that's a picture of God's love and mercy, salvation through Christ alone. And, you know, it's contrast and condemnation and salvation. And I believe that verse is doing that for this reason, is because he's talking to this Jewish nation that's all about condemnation, that's looking for something wrong with you. That's You know people like that? Don't they freak you out? People who are always looking for the bad in you. Well, I'm here to tell you, you got a Savior that's looking for Christ in you, looking for God in you. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know what he's going to do? He's going to save you. Folks, we really love you. We can't wait to come back tomorrow and continue as we move forward in the life of Christ. May God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, with that smile that only God can give you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.